0: Kyle, what music are you playing over there? (laughs) What just happened?
1: All right. Well, hey, this is the Lonesome Dove theme song. Are you kidding me? You didn't know that?
0: I've heard about this. Man. I hadn't watched the movie. It's amazing.
1: I don't watch movies,
0: in case you haven't heard.
1: I have a tear rolling down my eye right now. So, uh, hey, welcome, Kevin. How are you doing today? It's good to be here. Good to be here. (laughs) So, welcome to How to Be a Texan. Y'all hear me refer to Lonesome Dove themes all the time, and uh, I thought we'd spend a little time on it today.
0: Awesome. It's yeah. about
1: time. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. I love Lonesome Dove, and I cannot encourage you enough to read the book, see the miniseries, and just uh, enjoy it.
0: Now, there's a mini series. Is that just based on one of the books, or is there more than one book, or is it just...
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there, are, there are three in, um, uh, books that really came out of this series, and, and one of them was Lonesome Dove, and it was kind of the original that McMurtry did. He ended up going with uh, um, two more after this that uh, described earlier times with, with uh, Gus and Call. But uh, but Lonesome Dove was the first one that uh, McMurtry ended up doing. Got it. it, And it talks about the two main characters. Mm -hmm. And so I thought we'd just spend just a a few minutes on this today just kind of describing. And and let me tell you why. Because in my mind, there are major life themes that are picked up in the story itself. Nice. And and they kind of teach us about life. And they teach us about... um, you, you, you know, and so some of the things that we've talked about about the the persona of Texas, you know mm-hmm. it, this really has a lot of that in it. So some of the myths and legends of what Texans are and could be and should be go back to Lonesome Dove in my mind.
0: We know one thing that I think makes this so legit as opposed to other kind of westerns you may see coming out of Hollywood or whatever, is this was written by an actual Texan. It, it was. Larry it, McMurtry, Archer it, City, Texas.
1: And it's very non-glam. Yes, and it's very, it's very real. It's very gritty. Yeah. Uh, there are some bad, bad, bad things that happen in Lonesome Dove. Yeah.
0: Um, Archer City, Texas is a legit Texas town. And I, oh, yeah. I lived there when I was young okay. for a couple of years, just well, when I was really young. Yeah. I really don't remember much about it other than we lived in a house out in the country. Okay. We had a bunch of cattle, not our cattle, but around us and... You know, my dad has told stories that he'd love to chime in on this episode with, I'm sure, about, you know, feeding the cattle for the neighbors and dealing with rattlesnakes and stuff like that. But I remember I had a bird dog named Judy. Judy. That's the main thing I remember from Archer City, Texas. It's Judy. And I would work on Judy with a screwdriver because I'd see my dad out there working on the car with, you know, uh-huh. tools. I would, like, get a screwdriver, stick it in Judy's nose and stuff like that. <laughs> 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 Poor Judy. I don't know what happened to Judy. You can't be very comfortable. No, but I think she was just kind of a calm old dog. Yeah, you know, whatever we wanted to do. Yeah. So those are my mem- very few memories of Archer City, Texas. Well, but so Larry
1: McMurtry yeah. is from Archer City. I think, um, I think he's still alive. I think he's still out in Wichita Falls, and he goes to this coffee shop and all that. So there, you know, there's he 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 uh, Larry McMurtry himself. Yeah, he's has, still
0: alive. He's 82 years old. Yeah,
1: and I think he just still tinkers around. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he had done a bunch of other great works before this, and then really played around with the Lonesome Dove script for a long time. Um, and really, I think, walked away from it and then finally got it the way he wanted it. And then they filmed it with, the. I think, and he had another... Oh,
0: I see. So he had written the book years earlier and then he worked on turning it into a script for the miniseries? I think it
1: was more of a screen play. screenplay. Screenplay? So, yeah, so he, that, that he had tweaked and messed around with and I think he had some, some issues with the producers and ended up walking away from it and then got back into it and finally got it the way he wanted it. And this is this is the result, uh, but but it turns out that the book itself. I, I actually read the book first, and then I watched the miniseries. And this was forever ago, but the book is probably it and To Kill a Mockingbird are probably my two favorite books ever. Um, and and just and, and again, the- well, I know
0: you've named horses after the. To Kill a Mockingbird. I haven't seen you naming your horses out of the Lonesome Dove game. So. yeah, yeah. Uh, Gus no. Call. Call or. P.I. Parker. That's right. All, <laughs> that would all have been a good deets. one for that one-eyed horse you got, P.I. Parker. <laughs> we should have named Cy
1: for, for P.I. We should have absolutely done that, but we didn't. Uh, so so the, the reason I want, it's important to me is that Lonesome Dove, I draw a lot of my life themes out of that. I know it sounds crazy and stupid, but there is truly good versus evil at play in lonesome dove and so i just thought we'd talk about some of those major themes and again just encourage you that if you ever have the time i would say it's an easy read it's uh it's phenomenal very gripping uh it's an epic tale because it goes uh literally across america with some very heroic and very evil characters
0: and um and so drill down into these themes a little bit these life themes that you're talking about i mean good versus evil that's in most stories right
1: so there there's a few of them and there's this one uh, there's literally an article on schmoop.com around lonesome dove and it talks about the themes one one is just around man and the natural world uh and a lot of that goes back to the myth of the cowboy on the home on the range and it really does. Uh, you know, com. Yeah, schmoop.com
0: Shmoopy. <laughs> uh, Call there, me Shmoopy, schmoopy. There's, hey, there's a theme. Looking at Andrew right now. There,
1: there's a theme around uh, love, and you wouldn't think that that's a big deal with Cowboys, but it absolutely is. Gus in particular um, really embraces love and shows love, and so does Call in a very, very different, more isolated kind of way. Uh, gender is a big deal, showing the power of, of women, even in, in that day when it was a very male-dominated environment with the Cowboys. Uh, marriage is a theme that plays through it. Mortality is certainly uh, a big uh, theme that goes through that with uh, death. And then uh, the majority of the story goes um, you know, with what happens with Gus and how Call respects Gus's choice to die. And uh, not, I'm not trying to give a spoiler alert. But. Well,
0: I was just about to ask, is this a spoiler alert for people who haven't read the book? Well,
1: too bad. It's been out there for 100 years. So, you,
0: <laughs> you know, it's not
1: like I'm going to spoil the Han Solo episode for you. You know, it's. Uh, well, let's don't do that either. Yeah, yeah. So, so Gus, uh, well, all of them, you know, go through mortality because there's a lot of death in, in Lonesome Dove as well. Uh, friendship is one, it's a theme between uh, Gus and Cole that is, and really between them and Dietz and PI and these others, and there's just real, real friendship and reliance and respect with each other that you just love. Um, race is a big theme in here. Dietz is, uh, is, a, is a black man, uh, and, and they just love, love, love Dietz and, and treat him like a brother. And so race is a big deal in the predominantly white um, you know, setting the indians uh, are certainly part of that as well um but so those are those are some of the themes um wow so,
0: that is cool yeah, that must I, be
1: why it's such a
0: classic i mean to touch on all of those things in that way
1: well and and there to me there there are more um and you know two others that you know that kind of came out are really more than two but the power of integrity uh, is a big deal because these Texas Rangers showed what integrity is all about. Uh, respect and reputation was a big deal for Call and and Gus because they were former Texas Rangers and they wanted that. They'd earned that respect. They'd earned their reputations, and they wanted to, you know, still kind of have that even though they were retired. And they saw that waning. And then uh, to me, uh, you know, how dark I can go on death, and I've already talked about mortality a little bit, but was just the, the concept of facing death well. And mm. Gus did face it well. Jake Spoon is another example in there where he didn't face it well. He faced it very poorly. He, he went out really as a coward. Mm. And, uh, and it shows you two total ends of that spectrum on how you can face death well and really teach you that lesson. Uh, where Gus did it right, Jake did it wrong. Mm-hmm. And it is clear as, as night in, in on that.
0: Well, that's cool. And all of those themes you mentioned there, those are things I think of when I think of, you know, cowboy culture, Texas cowboy culture is, is those things. You right. Know, integrity. Well, there's... Treating there, people equally with respect and, you know, principles and, you know, well, all those things. Well,
1: you're, you're, your dad's going to love this. But there's one of my one of my favorite things in the movie, and you'll see it throughout... McMurtry worked in this Latin phrase and it was something that, uh, that Gus uh, kind of etched in on their sign that they had at their little ranch down in Lonesome Dove, which is way down on, it's a little bitty town down on the uh, Rio Grande River uh, in South Texas. And when they set up their uh, camp, uh, their kind of ranch, um, Gus etched in this, uh, this uh, uh, sign for their cattle company. And he put a Latin phrase in there, and, and it was "Uva, uvum vivendo varia fit," and um, I don't know Latin, but let me just tell you what what that means. And so it never in the whole movie tells you what that means. It just tells you that Gus, it's important to him, and Call keeps calling him out on make fun of making fun of him. He's like, you don't speak Latin, you don't even know what that means. But what it, and and he ends up after Gus dies, Call brings. And the the, the favor that Gus asks Call to do is to bring him back from basically Montana where they'd done this massive cattle drive up to start the first cattle ranch in Montana. And that's basically where Gus died in mm. Indian scrap is got lead poisoning because of arrows and ended up dying after he lost a leg got it. and he, and, and Cole found him right before he died and he penned out a couple of letters, but he asked Cole, he said, can you take me back to Austin? Uh, and it goes back to love where I had this meaningful experience with Clara, the woman that he loved by this riverside in Austin. And I want you to bury me there call. And so he asks, his friend to bury him and so anyway call takes him and he ends up kind of putting his body on this sign uh that's kind of the only way he can get him back and so this sign has a lot of meaning all the way there and back mm. and he ends up bringing gus back and uh and burying him and what this uva uvum vivendo varia fit means is a grape changes color or ripens when it sees another grape hmm. And so it, it just talks about the, the the very sweet friendship that they have. How they
0: made each other better.
1: They did. Yeah, they did.
0: So those are awesome themes. Let's step back just a. Hit a tad yeah and if you could kind of frame the story right because we immediately jumped into some characters and themes there right what is kind of the framing of this story where these things are going on and then maybe we can hit on that that maybe hit on some of the more other interesting characters also
1: yeah so so this this story happened basically in south texas back in the, the 1870s uh these are two characters uh gus mccray and woodrow mccall retired texas rangers they had been basically clearing out um you know the the frontier of of all the indians uh and that was their life for decades before then and they had made these dear friends uh, who they they were battle tested with Um, And they basically retired and they'd given it up and they went down to South Texas to a little bitty town called uh, Lonesome Dove.
0: So the story is not about their Texas Ranger Indian days. It's after they're retired. That's right. And then this series of events yeah. that happens. That's right.
1: So so they're just set, sitting down in this town, you know, digging a well, and Gus is sitting around drinking whiskey. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just that, that sounds like a good retirement plan. I, I see you and I doing that. I sometimes. know. I know. So see there. But then what what happens is is their other buddy Jake Spoon. Um, so there's really three of them that kind of ride together for this long, long time. So the three of them include Jake. Well, Jake was a slippery character, and he was always kind of wild and willy, and he didn't come down to Lonesome Dove with them. But the story really starts with them down there and then Jake riding in just to come see him after not seeing him for 10 years. And and he just immediately says, I've just come, and and our opportunity is to start the first cattle ranch up in Montana. we got to do it. And he talks call uh, into that immediately, and then Gus goes along and says, this is crazy, but okay, fine. Mm. And so then the story is they drive uh, a, a, which a, a, a big herd of uh, Mexican cattle, which they go steal, and uh, <laughs> which is funny in itself. So they go get this these Mexican cows and j- form a giant herd, and then c- cattle drive it all the way up. They get a bunch of hands, and they drive it all the way up to Montana, Kind of, you think the, ep, the apex of the story is them coming into Montana. That's not even the apex of the story. That's, uh, that's not the climax. The climax is really around Gus has to go off, and, and there's all these sidebar things that happen with Lori, the, kind of the camp prostitute who gets uh, stolen by Blue Duck, the evil uh, Indian. I mean, he's the true villain of it all Blue Duck is and um but there are more villains all across the west so there are all these side stories that happen and um as well as the love interest of you know clara and all these others that gus used to love and now she's up in nebraska and he goes by to see her so it's uh it's just all these interesting sidebar stories that occur in this really epic tale um the the real climax of the story is is not even gus dying because he dies after you know he's going after a friend and and uh gets shot in the leg by some indians and Mm -hmm. um pi has to float down river to get help he finds you know deets and call come get you know so um they're just all these amazing pieces of the story that that kind of create this quilt work story of Uh, Of Gus ends up you know in this hospital bed and I think to me that's kind of the climax of the story is Gus's death but call gets there first and they have this conversation and then he dies and then the next chapter starts where call gets to bring you know he basically puts Gus on ice over the winter tells the boys in Montana Okay, guys, good luck. And then there's a sub-story of Newt, which is his son, but he won't claim him as his son, which gets complicated. But, um, and then he goes, once spring breaks, he goes and grabs Gus, and then the next part of the story begins with him bringing him down. So, um, I, you know, to me, it's, it's not necessarily all the, the, the characters. It's, it's the life lessons and, and kind of the themes that come out of this because this is not necessarily just a Texas story. I mean, it goes all through the Midwest America, but it's a couple of Texas Rangers that are, uh, you know, teaching us these life lessons.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. I like the themes that uh, come into play there. Well, I do too. What about some of the other funky characters? Yeah. So There's we. There's a have, bunch
1: of them in the book. <laughs> a they're, bunch of characters. There are a bunch. And, and, uh, they're probably my favorite ones. Uh, my favorite one was a, a character named Josh Dietz. Uh, and he was African American man who was just uh, unbelievably loyal, uh, you know, to Call and to guests. Was he just uh, one of the hands on the cattle drive? He was just drive? one of the hands, but he was always the scout. And yeah. so they would always send Dietz ahead, and he would go and he'd find water for the herd, you know, and he'd or he and he would find out where the bad guys were. It just and he just knew everything, you know. He just knew how to do things. Did he
0: know this cattle trail? Had he driven oh, no. up there before? No, no, no. He had, just he had just, any of them driven on this. It was. Uh, they're, which they're, trail were they? Were they on?
1: So this is probably closer to the Great Western Trail. Okay, where they were going up through kind of, uh, and so it wasn't. It wasn't the Goodnight Loving where they were swinging around going up Colorado. Uh, they were going more of the central route up through. Um, up to Wyoming and Montana, but the interesting thing to me is all these story, all these characters that that came out is in my mind. There were three sets of characters: the good guys, the bad guys, and really those in the middle that kind of didn't make you you really love them. And the good guys, in my mind, so for after for those of you that have read or watched this, the good guys were in my mind: Gus, Call. Clara, who's really the heroine of, of the whole thing. She's just the good gal. She's kind of the true north in my mind. Clara is. P.I., which is the quiet but loyal hand. Deets, which is the scout but you know, just amazing man. Uh, he died saving a child. Uh, and then Newt. I consider Newt a good guy, even mm-hmm. though he was, a, you know, he was a young man but trying to find his way. The bad guys is pretty clear. Um, there, and there were a bunch of them. Uh, Blue Duck was by far the worst guy, and he is the perfect villain because he's just evil. Um, Jake Spoon, their buddy, but he turned out to have basically fallen in the dark path. Uh, Elmira was uh, July Johnson's wife, but uh, uh, oh, I can't remember, the, the, her former husband. Uh, but regardless, she was just a nut and uh, took everybody kind of off the off the rail many, many times. And then there were some guys that Jake fell in with, uh, and they were just pure evil. They burned a, a farmer and all this other stuff. So there are plenty of bad guys. And then there's like three that I call out that are kind of in the middle. Uh, there's a guy, Dish Boggett. He was just kind of, you know, eh. He loved Lori. Um, But she didn't love him back. July Johnson was a a sheriff over in Arkansas that kind of got roped into it all. Mm -hmm. He was uh, indecisive and, you know, just very weak. Uh, And then Roscoe was the deputy for July. and, (laughs) uh, and, And Roscoe ended up getting killed by Blue Duck. He had good intentions, but was a real weak character, too. So in my mind, those are kind of the three cohorts of characters. And each one of them, in their own unique way, taught you something. Uh, the, the thing that I, I enjoyed finding out just researching for this is McMurtry did research and um, there was a lot of um, what had been done by Charles Goodnight who was a, a former Texas Ranger and Indian fighter and Oliver Loving uh, who was a cattle trail driver mm-hmm. um, and there was a lot that came out that that they had actually done that McMurtry Used in the Lonesome Dove um, uh, story. One of the things about Goodnight and Loving, um, and I'll just read this. The marker placed by the Texas Historical Commission identifies the grave of this former slave as a friend of Charles Goodnight. According to the Texas Historical Commission sign, uh, Bose, his name was Bose, not Deets, and this is referring to Deets in the movie, but Mm -hmm. his name is Bose, lived from 1843 to 1929. um, And so the headstone uh, was erected by Charles Goodnight, and it reads this, uh, and it says his name, Bose Ickard, um, served with me four years on Goodnight Loving Trail, never shirked to duty or disobeyed an order, rode with me in many stampedes, participated in in three engagements with Comanches, splendid behavior, see Goodnight. And that's basically exactly what Call said about Dietz as he eulogized over his grave, it was very, very sweet, um, and how they kind of brought this all together. And so, anyway, I just thought that was that was cool how uh, McMurtry pulled in, uh, you know, actual facts and, and used those in these really great characters. Were th-
0: these characters kind of based on Goodnight and Loving at all? Do you I, have any idea?
1: I would think that there's got to be some similarities the between especially Goodnight and probably Call, Captain Call, hmm. um, Woodrow Call. Um, but but I, d- I don't know that. Um, I- I've not read any biographies of Goodnight or Loving, but uh, I know we've got an episode on cattle trails coming up, so we'll have, have more research for you guys on just the Goodnight Loving Trail and then the other three major trails coming up as well.
0: Here's a map on the trail based on the book that I found. And okay. it does look like it's kind of hard to tell because there's a couple of trails on this map, but it does look like, you know, like you said, they went not far west through New Mexico, Colorado, but they went kind of up through Oklahoma, yeah. Kansas, Nebraska, kind of almost hit the tip of Colorado and Nebraska, and then from there over to Wyoming and up into Montana. Yeah, which that is, that would have that is a major. I mean, Montana's as far north as you can get. Man. Oh no, so, it is
1: because back uh, the the one thing, and we'll get into this on the cattle trail episode. But um, you know the all the cattle, all four of the major cattle trails stopped at southern Kansas because of um, back what they they considered this thing called Texas fever. That all the cattle uh, had this brand of tick on it that they basically infected all all the Kansas cattle and so they quarantined Texas cattle the longhorns um, and so they could only get up to these tra- they created these trailheads to get them to the rails to get the, the beef back east and so the amazing thing is is that the lonesome dove track would have gone up the great western trail one of the four and but it would have just blown right through Kansas and kept on going unless mm-hmm. it shirted uh, out to the west uh, to avoid Kansas altogether and that would be tricky
0: it doesn't look like it
1: because uh, in the movie they didn't portray any mountainous you know territory mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. that would have been tricky yep so cool anyway all right well there are some great characters in here we can leave my notes and all this on the characters and the themes and all that but um, I'm telling you what there are some fantastic life lessons that provides for us that I you know I, I will continue
0: to use with my
1: kids and just in how I live life and try to be a a Man of
0: integrity. Well, this is awesome. Yeah, maybe I should read the book. Well, I can't discourage <laughs> it, that's for sure. <laughs> or, or watch the miniseries. Probably, yeah. I would probably be bored to, to read the book. Well,
1: I think you'd enjoy it.
0: Very cool. Awesome. All right. Love well, is a good one.
1: Appreciate y'all listening to it Yep.
0: Us. Y'all look us up on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker. Leave us a review. All right. Howdy, right, goes. Thank y'all.